Catharsis contains mature language, content, and themes, including discussions of suicide. Please listen with care. Relationships with technology are dichotomous. They're sterile, cold, unfeeling. Computer programs can't replace the words of a friend, the touch of a lover, the connection that comes from family. But I spent more time with my devices than with any of you. Staring at screens, searching for the right emoji to inject some sort of feeling, scrolling and swiping away at lives observed rather than lived. After I'm gone, that hashtag documentation of myself is half of my legacy. I curated my feed more than I interacted with the ones devouring the story of my life. It's to be expected, really. It's the first thing I checked when I woke up. The first thing I made sure was with me as I walked out into the world. The last glowing screen I gazed into in the dark. And it was as obsessed with me as I was with it. It knows where I went and how often. It knows what I liked, what I bought, and then it told me all the things I will like and will buy. I shouldn't be surprised that my tech knew me better than I knew myself. And if I don't know myself, what chance did you ever have at knowing me? You were biased, papering over the cracks, rounding off the edges of my personality to make me the sister you wanted. Technology has no investment in lying and no emotion to hide the truth. Maybe it's time for you to stop lying too, Sister Bear. The truth doesn't stay hidden forever. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis, starring Xander Hildenbrandt, Jordan Lopez, and Luna Madison. Part 6, Acceptance, written by Alexa Fett Fisher, also starring Stephen Kallenberg. I was actually coming to talk to you. I think I need your help. Sure, what? Wait, that, that's Sammy's laptop. What gave it away? The monogrammed case? The bejeweled pink S on the back? Yeah, the police took it after... After. And when they couldn't get into it, they returned it to me. Why not to my parents? They're next of kin. It was found in the apartment, and I was on the lease. Since they couldn't technically prove that it belonged to Sammy, they had to return it to me. I even told them it was hers, but red tape or whatever. Have you tried logging into it? Of course. I've tried everything I could think of. 
I even asked David and Catherine to try Sammy's social security number, but we haven't had any luck. I hoped you might have some new ideas. Sure. I'm surprised that Penelope didn't come around demanding it for confidential research or whatever. It was Sammy's personal computer. I don't think she had any work things on it. Maybe her email, but nothing the hospital doesn't already have access to. Right. Well, I can try. But her password could be anything, really. It might be easier than that. It's one of those fancy computers with facial recognition. I've tried using photos of Sammy, but... It wouldn't work. No. I mean, it makes sense. That would be too easy to fake, but I hoped maybe you... I know we're sisters, but I don't look anything like Sammy. Not even if you aged me to 29. Maybe it's a blessing we're so different. Makes it easier to look at yourself in the mirror, I'm sure. No, you don't. But the computer has a passcode instead of a password. Just four numbers. I've tried months and days of important things or four-digit years. Even the obvious simple stuff. One, two, three, four. But it keeps locking me out after too many failed tries. So I gave up a few months back. I forgot about it until today. Thought maybe you'd have some fresh ideas. Can I see the computer? What a nice save screen. I don't remember what we were laughing about, but it's one of the few family photos where we're all genuinely smiling. Part of you hoped that camera would read more than your face. That maybe it would recognize that we share the same heart. (laughs) I should have known you'd get it on the first try. What was it? Our house number. We've lived here forever, so it's easy to remember. We've only ever lived here. And pre-internet, we had those numbers drilled into our brains since childhood, just in case we were ever lost. Not that you needed it the one time you actually were lost. Big Sister found you then. Fitting that when you're so lost emotionally, those numbers might help you find your way back now. I was so caught up trying to remember if our first date was January 19th or 20th. I didn't think it could be anything but a day. But it was your first guess, Sister Bear. Maybe because it's the same passcode you use. We're more alike than you think. It's still booting up. Oh, jeez. That's a lot of updates. It's the first time it's been logged in since... in a while. The battery's low. Do you have the charger? No, I left it at the apartment. I think. I'll run back and get it. There's no rush. We know the passcode now, so you can log in anytime. Yeah, I I know. I just... There's some photos on there. I I convinced Sammy to drive out to the beach at the end of the summer. We made a long weekend of it. It's probably the best memory I have with her. The last time she was really, really happy. And I... The truth is, I need some of that happiness today. Of course. You'll get them. Just a bit more patience. Right. Still, I should go get that charger. I'll be back soon. Okay, Jacob. If you're sure. Yeah. Hey, Ren, you can call me Jake, you know. I didn't want to assume Jake. Well, it's a friends and family name. And you're definitely in that category. See you soon. See you. 
You're quiet. What are you doing? Disconnecting the router. That seems like both an under- and overreaction. Why? It can't download the updates if there's no internet. It should just directly log in. You're impatient. I don't know how long the battery will last, and I don't want Jake to see... See what? If Sammy left any evidence on her computer about what she was going to do, I don't want Jake to see it. Are... Do you feel okay? If you see it, I mean. I can check for you if you'd like. No, I already know about Sammy deciding to go into hiding. But if she wanted to keep it secret, then I should respect that. She wouldn't want Jake to know, so I should make sure he doesn't find out. That's what she would want me to do. Meg, that's not what Ren thought you were talking about. I think you know that too. It's okay if they don't believe you. No one does. If I'm alive and everyone thinks that I'm dead, well, isn't that what I wanted? Of the two of you, who is really obeying my wishes? It worked. Meg, are you sure? It's okay. I just need to work fast. Find whatever Sammy was keeping secret, and then make sure no one else sees it. Meg, I really don't think digging through her documents is a good idea. I mean, what if you find something you don't want to see? Like what? You know exactly like what. You know exactly like what. (sighs) What kind of personal stuff do you have on your computer? You wouldn't care if people started digging through your shit after you're gone? Well, if Sammy didn't want me going through her things, then maybe she should be here. Meg. Don't make me come over there. I have to do this, okay? I just... I have to see. You understand? I know. But I'm not going to leave you alone to do this. So what you find, whatever you find, I'm going to be here for you. Deal with it. Yeah. Okay. It would probably be in recent documents, right? Yeah. Probably. You hover the mouse over the little folder icon, but you're saved before you're forced to make that click. The email program auto-starts, blocking you from opening that can of worms. Really, you should have expected it. Work always came first, even in my personal time. But looking at the calendar, uh, there seems to be none of that at all. It looks like a Jackson Pollock. Did Sammy have every minute planned and color-coded? It felt that way. At the very least, it was down to the half hour. And all those notifications for missed deadlines. I wonder if Penelope was able to submit them without me. This was the week before she left. Let's take a walk down memory lane, shall we? My last Friday. Wake up alarm, 4 a.m. Commute, 5 to 5.30. Gym, 5.30 to 7. I was training for a charity 5K after all. (laughs) Weekly lab meeting, 8 to 10. Flow cytometry analysis, 10 to noon. Undergrad mentorship meeting, noon to 2. The bastards couldn't be bothered to feed us, though, so lunch, 2 to 2.30. 2.30 to 4. No 
wait, it was edited to five, meeting with Dr. Ropper. And since he couldn't shut up, cell culture counting was moved to five to seven. Any longer, and I would have gone cross-eyed. But shit, the quarterly report for the G1 grant is due at midnight. Seriously, why midnight on a Friday? No one is going to look at it until 9 a.m. Monday. So, 7 to midnight. Fix the fucking G1 report. It's so overwhelming to look at. We're not done. Saturday, 6 a.m., running club. Why did I agree to the 5K? 8 to 10, cellular drug treatment for the H8A experiment. And there you are, 10 to 11. Weekly video call with my little sister. Do you remember that last call? Did you say I love you before we hung up? That was the last time we spoke. It was the day before... before she... But back to Saturday. Early lunch, then reviewing and editing articles for publication until three. How many did I have that day? Five and only one of my own design? I could never say no when people asked me to do something. At three, monitoring samples for the H8A, H6B, and that stupid fucking G1 experiment. Is it bad to hope the grant doesn't get renewed? I think she really hated that study. I mean, she typed it as G-fucking-1 in every appointment. I wonder what it was. I should have been done by five, but the grad student couldn't come in tonight, and would I mind administering the treatment to his sample since I'm already in the lab? Fuck, I shouldn't have answered the phone. Strike through the 6 p.m. dinner plans with Jake. No, no, I can call the restaurant to let them know. Yes, yes, I understand the reservation deposit is non-refundable. The one time we try to splurge on somewhere nice. 8 p.m., still in the lab. Might as well work on editing those grant submissions but I'm still going to leave the appointment in the calendar for Monday because nothing I write is ever good enough for my supervisor on the first try. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday was the day she... How far did I even get into Sunday? What was it that made me give up? Did I... Going to work early to collect specimen samples for the J3 experiment at 7? Did I sit around in the shared equipment lab, alone, for three hours while those samples were analyzed? Was it graphing the results? Fighting with the digital program over and over that finally made me say, enough is enough? Did I make it home for lunch? Maybe it was the idea of going back to work again. Putting more of myself and my soul into something when I realized everything in me was empty. It was too much. None of that was unique or special. That could have been the prior weekend or the next. I had just as many plans for the next month's worth of days. No indication that those days were numbered. Hell, I even took the time to schedule in some self-care. Look, Sunday. Midnight to 4 a.m. Sleep. With a question mark. And an LOL. (laughs) At least I kept my humor. It's nothing. Seriously? It would take a team of people to handle all that. No, I mean there's nothing in here about secret meetings or getting a new passport or anything. She was making plans for the next Monday. And spring break. It's like she decided to leave on a whim. Not on a whim. It was long overdue, really. 
Sammy would be organized enough to put that in her schedule, wouldn't she? 2 p.m. to eternity, run away from home. Maybe she left it out on purpose? To keep anyone from knowing? Do you see any place where she would have the time to do the things you're suggesting? Unless you think part of her research included making the Harry Potter time-turners nonfiction. No. You're right. No extra time. So that means... She was using a code. One of those recurring events is Sammy planning her escape. That's a bit of a stretch. We are stretched for time. As long as the code isn't obvious to Jake or Mom or Dad, we should just leave it. Come back and figure it out later. What if you can't figure it out? If Sammy used a code... As long as Sammy's enemies can't, it doesn't really matter if I can, does it? Sammy has enemies now? I'm pretty sure she can make a Vulcan fall madly in love. I should check her email next. Make sure she didn't send anything. People delete their inboxes, but not their sent boxes. Been watching a lot of true crime this summer, huh? No, just... I mean, Sammy thinks of everything. She would have thought of this, but I should still check, right? Only if you feel like you need to. You don't have to do any of this, Meg. You know that, right? Maybe, but... Shit, the battery's almost dead. Where's her inbox? Ren's right. You don't have to do this, but you're too frantic to stop. So you switch over to the email tab. There's fewer new messages than you were expecting, but the cord of the router is still dangling away from the wall. Everything you see is just archived from the last time someone logged in. The last emails I ever saw. Where to look first? From the beginning, when I first started down this path all those years ago? But the battery line is red and two pixels thin. I guess we'll flip to the last page of the book, starting where it's already over. Only three emails from that Sunday. None have the curved arrows of responses or icon. No final words for any of these admirers. You start with the earliest one that day, from Dr. Ropper. Asshat. As always, he's curt and direct and so demanding. As though I work for him. As though he pays my salary. As though he would actually credit me on any of his publications. As though I have the time to juggle his bullshit, along with everything else I have up in the air. Sometimes I just wanted to step back. Run away before the impact of everything that I was maintaining crashes to the ground. Avoid the shrapnel and the fallout. The anger at my breaking down. The questions about why. Robert never got any answers from me. And that must have pissed him off. God, he sounds like a dick. He has a university address. I don't think he has anything to do with Sammy leaving. Uh, not in his own, no. He was just one more self-important, narcissistic straw on the camel's back. The second email is from a university, a sister school to my employer. It's encrypted and formal. Dear Miss Soto, after much consideration, we regret to inform you that your application for entrance into the next class of our pharmacology and toxicology graduate program was unsuccessful. We received many competitive applications and we unfortunately had to make some very difficult admissions decisions. We appreciate your interest in our program and wish you the very best in your future work. Fuck. This early? They didn't even give her an interview. 
I didn't know she applied to grad school. We had talked about it, and I told you no. That doesn't mean I was telling you the truth. Maybe I knew then how unacceptable I was. Tried to spare you the disappointment I knew was coming for me. Why wouldn't they even give her an interview? She was brilliant. Penelope said so. You saw how many things she was working on. Her CV must have been a dozen pages long. Publications aren't the only things schools look at. They didn't say in their email. Maybe her undergrad grades were low. Or or she didn't standardize test well. She probably didn't have time to study for the GRE with her work. You never thought about it. Just assumed I was perfect, with perfect grades and perfect scores. But why didn't I get my PhD right away? You never did see my final GPA. You just assumed it was a 4.0. But do you really know? Maybe she was blacklisted because of her research. They wanted her to stay here and keep working, so someone called the admissions office and told them to deny her acceptance. Ah, yes, the ominous, mysterious they, working for someone secret, to meet secret ends for secret reasons. It makes about as much sense as your other theories. Look, I get it, you don't believe me, but I'm not being biased this time. If it was just me thinking Sammy was great, that's one thing, but Mom said everyone talked about how important and smart she was. There's no way there's nothing more to this rejection. In person, Sammy was a dream. But without her application, we don't know how she came across on paper. And if she was being run ragged at work, she might not have been able to put in her best effort. Can you not be devil's advocate for one fucking second? Just act like maybe my theory has merit instead of tearing holes in it? It's more Occam's razor than devil's advocate. It's just... (sighs) It's just as possible that it was nothing nefarious. That her essay wasn't formatted to whatever obscure standard STEM colleges use. Sammy was more than paper and words. To us. But not to everyone. They were wrong. They should have at least given her an interview. I think it would have changed their minds. But it's not evidence that she did what you think. Not directly. To anyone else, it's just a rejection letter. It doesn't say that she's in hiding or where she might be. I'll leave it and move on. You're using the absence of contradictory evidence to prove your theory. You know I hate that. How Mom and I used to argue when she did the exact same thing. Ren has more patience than me. I'd be yelling at you now, frustrated with your unwillingness to see the truth. Last email. It's from another doctor. Yes, but of the MD variety. A reply to my own inquiry. Samantha. Thank you for your patience while I confirmed my suspicions with your file. Although your rheumatoid arthritis is currently stable and not causing any outward symptoms, I really must advise against stopping or lowering your dose of medication. She was sick? Why didn't she tell anyone? The RH factors in your intake blood work were extremely high, and you would be classified as having aggressive RA. If you do wish to become pregnant, you will have to stop your medication for at least four months before trying to conceive, during which time your symptoms will most likely return and worsen. Wait, 
was she trying to... Normally, I would prescribe a low-dose steroid to my patients trying to conceive, but I don't know if that will be much help, given your body's low response to even moderate steroids early in your diagnosis. You could go without medication altogether, but you said how hands-on your job is, and deciding how to deal with the pain that will be involved is a factor you'll have to consider. As you said at your last checkup, starting a family might still be a few years away for you, but you know how quickly medicine can advance. We'll talk more at your next appointment. Why would she ask about that? Meg, I'm not giving you the birds and the bees talk. But Sammy didn't want kids. Well, she asked about it. At least the practicalities of it. She wasn't even married. But she and Jake were living together. Again, birds and bees. And Sammy was going to turn 30 soon. A lot of people reevaluate their lives at the big 3-0. It's too much. For you, it's one new piece of information. One previously unimaginable facet of my life washing over you. Drowning you with the inevitable facts. For me, it was one more burden. One more straw. One more thread of hope for tomorrow that snapped as I held on to it with all I had. Maybe instead of searching my computer for clues of where I went, you should look for reasons I should have stayed. I couldn't find any. I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. Her job, her health, her personal life. Sammy never told me anything. I have to keep looking. Find an email, an appointment, something. Meg. Something, just one thing. One thing she had to have forgotten. One thing. No, damn it, damn it! The dying battery held out longer than I thought it would. Longer than I could have. But just like me, it eventually had nothing left to give. Meg, I think you know you're not going to find what you're looking for. I... Maybe you're right. It makes sense. God, how could I have been so stupid? We've been over what happens when you call my best friend stupid, right? But I am. Did I really think I could outsmart Sammy? Find something she left behind? Of course I wouldn't. She thought of everything. Even fake emails to make everyone think that she... That she had reason to... to hurt herself. I'm sorry, Meg. You asked me what I would do if I did find proof that Sammy was still out there somewhere. If I knew where she was. You don't have to talk about it. I know what I would do. I wouldn't do anything. Even if I could prove I'm right, I can't tell anyone. Sammy did this for a reason. And I just have to trust her. That this is what's best. You're just going to act like it's real then? Lie to everyone about how you're feeling? It won't be a lie. I'm going to mourn her. 
because that's the truth. She left. Sammy left me, and I'll never see her again. As if she really were dead. Meg, I... Look, I don't think anyone said this to you yet. But Sammy... Leaving. It's not your fault. There's nothing you could have done to change her mind. And there's nothing that you could have found that would bring her back. I know. I know that. I just... I wanted something. Just to feel like I was still connected to her. I want... I wanted to know why. Why do this? Meg, I don't think we'll ever know why, no matter how much you look. Sammy made a choice. Maybe she thought her choice would be better for her. But all she did was hurt the people around her. Your parents, Jake, you. It doesn't mean that she didn't love you all. Sammy wouldn't want you to be in pain. Even if she was the cause of it. She should have told me about all that shit. If it was all true or not, she should have told me. I would have listened. I would have given her a reason to stay. I would be giving her so many reasons to stay, I would still be listing them off now. She should have stayed. All that shit, it it sucked. It sucked, but it wasn't enough reason to leave. (laughs) It was reason enough for her. You can disagree and be angry or sad or however you feel. But you weren't in control of how Sammy felt. I just... I don't understand. I don't. It doesn't make sense. Why? Why? There isn't a rule book, Meg. Some things will never make sense. No matter how much you search, bargain, or beg for answers. Sometimes there's no reason for why things end the way they do. But you're not at the end yet. You still have a lot of time to make the story okay. I promise. Everything will be alright in the end. If it's not alright, then it's not the end. I was never a fan of the Beatles, but I did like that quote. Repeating it to you was the only consolation I could give when you grieved the loss of our beloved Ginger. Everything will be alright. Eventually. You'll be okay. You still have the time to make the story okay. I love you. I promise. Everything will be alright. Eventually. You'll be be okay. okay. You still still have have the time time to make make this this story okay. okay. I love you. I promise. Hey, Sister Bear. I... I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you. You were so brave to do all of this. Doing what makes you happy. I would never be able to.
Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis. Executive producer and lead writer, Alexa Fetfisher. Producers, Chris Burnside, Megan Burnside, and Carrie Zahn. Audio production, Chris Burnside and Catherine Seaton. Music and score, Catherine Seaton. <laughs>